Hey, big guy. Need another cough. Afraid this last one ended up in the drink. Spike. Look at you. Just turn around and walk away. You're a... Spike! You're a bloody puppet! <laughs> Maybe you can hum the theme song Won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong While the memory's not too strong There's a piece of you from a time long gone So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain question we ask is still the same To the treasure or just plain lame Is this still good? Hello and welcome to Is This Still Good? A podcast about removing nostalgia goggles And revisiting childhood treasures With Ooh, me, I, like I have... Well, who who was that? Oh, is it oh, so my turn to talk now? <laughs> All right, raising my hand. Doesn't have to be. Uh, Who's our guest today? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Sage, and we have a guest. Hello. Uh, I, I've never been a guest on a podcast before. This uh, no, I have, but I forgot how to do it because like I don't have credits or anything. There are no reasons why you should listen to me or care what I have to think. But my name's Adam. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> Awesome. Thank you for being with us. Um, That's much better than the introduction I would have given you. So. <laughs> um, today we're we're talking about uh, something from Sage and I believe Adam's as well, childhood or teen years or whatever or we want to call years, them. Yeah. Something that I actually avoided actively uh, when it was on the air. Do you want to introduce the property, Sage? Fuck yeah, we're talking about Angel. We are talking about the Buffy spinoff Angel that aired in the early 2000s. Does that sound right? 2000s? Uh, yeah, oh. 1999 to 2004, I believe. Didn't even look that up. This is why you're here. <laughs> I did no research. I just assumed you all had it in that in that brain of yours. <laughs> now, in that Whedon-infused brain. Did you, did you guys, I'm assuming, watched Buffy first? Were you watching Buffy like as it was coming out? Uh, I wasn't, so, um, weirdly, like, I had some friends recommend it to me, and I, like, got into it in, like, the TV on DVD era, like, I remember, like, renting the seasons from those, like, taped together sets at Blockbuster, you get it, like, a whole season for 99 cents. Um, oh, God, that's how I watched it, yeah. Yeah, so I think I watched, yeah, I think I watched all of Buffy before I even really knew about Angel, or decided to give Angel a shot, so they do cross over, which is the weird thing, so... I imagine among fans, there's a lot of, like, controversy about, like, how to watch the shows. Because if you're watching in, like, 1999, you know, you'd watch Buffy on, like, whatever Thursday night. And then, you know, on Friday night, Angel would be on. I, I don't know what actual days they're on, but, like... Uh, we'll see if you're right. And, yeah, and, and stories so... would, like, interweave. Characters would, like, pop over uh, occasionally. Um, but they're two very different shows, so I feel like you don't have to watch it that way. But it was fun once I like finished Buffy, and then I was watching Angel, and like Willow would show up, and I was like, "Oh, little!" I got a little more Willow, and like a little more Spike, and everybody, all these characters I thought I'd never see again. Just you get a little more of them on Angel, which is fun. As opposed to say jumping in mid season five uh, to watch <laughs> episodes recommended to you by a podcast host. So what I did was I suggested to Gavin that we watch uh, Angel, but obviously I'm not going to have him watch five seasons of Angel, so I picked my two favorite episodes, which are Smile Time and A Hole in the World, smack dab in the middle of season five, and then I made him watch the pilot. <laughs> and uh, I like that I did that. I yeah. think that was mean and I enjoy it. I maybe would have gone with the pilot first just so Gavin had any clue what the show is about because it's a very weird show. Like, 
<laughs> if Buffy wasn't such a sensation, I don't think there's any way that this show gets greenlit and put on the air, let alone for like five seasons. But Buffy was just kind of like a little phenomenon at the time. It never, it never was like a huge hit, but like the fans are so passionate. It is weird to think about Buffy being a big enough show that it gets a spinoff. <laughs> yeah, after especially after. Because I mean, I, when I was growing up, I remember watching reruns of it out of order on television. <laughs> and that was kind of the way that I, and I, I, I liked it a lot. It was definitely something I kept on and put on. Um, and I remember watching the movie as well, which almost shares nothing with either of the real Buffy versus what I guess we'd call it. And I, I've checked out a bunch of Whedon stuff since I'm not like a, a huge fan, but I, I really respect and like a lot of the stuff he does. So it was definitely interesting going into, uh, I kind of avoided the idea of angel sounded terrible. Cause even as like a, not like a huge Buffy fan, but someone who watched a lot of it and enjoyed it. Uh, I hated everything that angel was in. Like, yeah. He's, he's not the best character. Um, on Buffy, in my opinion, uh, or, or do you mean David Boreanaz? You don't like David Boreanaz? I, I have nothing against David Boreanaz in particular, but the idea of a character whose entire uh, thing that he's got going on is that he's afraid to be happy, and so he just walks around moping, actively trying to be sad, is just not my idea of a good time. I mean, that works for me. <laughs> he's cursed, Gavin. <laughs> he's cursed. And if he becomes happy, he gets worse. Is that not relatable? What is is that the problem? You're not ever worried that if you find true happiness, it uh, it won't be enough and you'll hurt all the people around you? Anyway, um, so moving on, you guys have both seen the entire the entirety of this show more than... or I know, Sage, you said you've seen it more than once, the entirety. I've seen it at least twice. Um, Adam, what about you? Yeah, I think I've I think I've done a full watch through twice. Like I, I bought all the seasons on DVD. I don't know. Do you there, still have those blockbuster editions? Uh, um, Do we still have a blockbuster back home? No, sadly the blockbuster finally died. Ah, uh, the last blockbuster closed. Yep, um, it was a real tragedy. Uh, but yeah, no, like I remember, like I watched. Yeah, I think I watched them all. At, oh no, I must watch it three times because I think I watched them all renting them from Blockbuster, and then I went out and I, like, went to use bookstores, like, hunting down each of the seasons piecemeal for, like, wow. you know, like, $10 or whatever, because I wasn't going to pay full price. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I've rewatched it a couple times since. Quick context for everyone. Uh, Adam and I are both from Anchorage, Alaska, more or less. We're from towns around there. And we were the last to have Blockbusters closed. In fact, if you've seen Last Week Tonight or various news articles that would talk about the last reigning blockbuster. That's literally the blockbuster we're talking about, the East Side blockbuster, right? <laughs> or where uh, you get out what you get? Uh, no, I always went to the Eagle River blockbuster. Okay. Well, that probably yeah. closed earlier because so was it wasn't as good. Well, no, it, it moved. Um, this is like very inside baseball for the 20 people um, who live in Alaska. <laughs> but they moved the blockbuster from like where like the... I forgot what used to be there. I think it was like a Papa Murphy's, and then they moved it to the car Safeway, and I got to see it there in like its last days. It was it was like it was like on a ventilator. Oh, poor choice of words given this time. Uh, <laughs> it was like it was on life support, uh, and then like three months later it Much shut better. down. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that. that's way, most of our audience. 
If you guys just want to do a podcast about Alaskan blockbusters, I'm down for that. <laughs> tracking which ones, uh, tracking their uh, financials, uh, foot traffic. Yeah, we'll just do like a deep like... dive on each individual one. It'll be like a 12 episode miniseries. <laughs> See, I mostly went to Tower Records. I don't know what that Tower is. Video. I don't think I, I ever got to go to a Tower Records. There's, uh, I walked past I the Tower Records building on uh, Sunset Boulevard quite a bit, but I think that's been shuttered. Since I, moved uh, I don't think I got to go to a tower growing up. <laughs> there was, I, I have like memories of uh, going in and renting stuff. And I specifically remember like vividly this one time they were watching the Tick live action television show, which I fucking was like, this looks great. And I asked the guy behind the counter what it was. And he's like, oh, uh, it's the Tick. And he's like, can I rent it? And he's like, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's so our that's, that's our only copy, and so I went and ejected it out of the DVD player that was playing in the show and handed to me, and I felt so bad. I think that's a solid power move, Kevin. But yeah, all right. So you guys have seen the entire season and at a blockbuster, apparently. Um, well, so I, I don't know. I think I'm misremembering some of that. I watched a lot of it just in college, and I think at that point it was on Netflix, and they like extended it to be the proper sixteen by nine. I watched it with Buffy side by the side. Proper I tried to watch it at Blockbuster. Well, I don't know about proper. It was just <laughs> bold. Bold. I don't know everything. <sighs> I think I think I seasons know. four and five were actually broadcast in sixteen by nine, because uh, yeah, Buffy and Angel were both on in that weird period where like HD kicked in, but like it kicked in before people had the TVs, so like Buffy was still shot in four by three, but in like the UK and Europe, it was released in sixteen by nine. There's a whole uh, I watched <laughs> uh, this one guy made like a twenty five minute video essay about like the the remastering that they've done for Buffy and Angel and how terrible it is, but especially for I Buffy. Did watch that. Um, I remember, yeah, because that's actually the Firefly came out in that time. I remember that show was shown in sixteen by nine, and I remember kind of not liking that aspect of it. Yeah, because <laughs> well, when when you had the four by three TV, I think a lot of us were like, "Oh, we're being cheated out of more image," and you know, now yeah, everything's now back. too small on my thirteen inch television. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's crazy though. Uh, there was there's a time where <laughs> there's a time where Joss Whedon had three shows that he was running on the air. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Speaking so, of threes, uh, bring it back. To, <laughs> so I, I tell I, me about I, the three episodes you watched. Yes, look at that s- seamless transition. Um, yeah, we're getting it. Yeah. So I started out with watching uh, Smile Time, which w- was a a delightful journey into uh, Angel, and it centers around Angel and his team of. Uh, lawyers slash demon fighters slash scientists who are trying to investigate a series of children being really tired in front of the TV is my reading of it. And then they, they <laughs> track it back. It's fascinating hearing your, your idea of what the premise of Angel is from watching one weird episode in the fifth season. <laughs> um, and they it's track a puppet it, show. Yeah, and they track it back to a children's television show that during song breaks makes unbreaking eye contact and then really disgusting uh orgasmic sounds at the child as it like sucks their essence through the television um like conveniently whenever their parents are in the other room you know not parenting 
It's a real uh, comment on latchkey or was latchkey kids. Is that the right term? I think so. Yeah, raised um, by television. Yeah, and that was the, so that was that was a delightful like monster of the week kind of feeling element of the show. Do you do you guys remember that episode? I mean, <laughs> it's the one I show to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, they want to see Angel. I feel like there aren't too many standout episodes of Angel. I've made this argument before. I think Angel's an overall more consistent and better show than Buffy, but when you take like the five or ten standout episodes, like Buffy crushes Angel in terms of quality. <laughs> Angel's never doing anything too inventive with its format. There's no episodes where there's no score or nobody can talk or a demon came into town and now everyone speaks in a musical. <laughs> yeah, but there is an episode where everyone gets turned into a, or where Angel gets turned into a puppet. Yeah, uh, so this is the I, I one guess I that forgot is like to drop the really high bit. concept stuff. <laughs> Angel gets turned into a puppet. And this... and has a jealous rivalry, rivalry with, uh, is it James? James Marster Spike. James the best Marcy. character on Buffy gets ported over to Angel. So you get to watch vampires wrestle, but one of them's a puppet. <laughs> a bloody puppet, some might say. With a sword? <laughs> yeah. It's, gotta... um, it's so good. This so... is my comfort food. <laughs> and it's that, my that slice is... of Angel cake. That is very much how it felt. This felt like comfort food. This was a delightful monster of the week. And then you had me move on to uh, There's a Hole in the World. Which also, and I, you know, I, I definitely was watching this through the lens of having seen Buffy. Mm-hmm. And both of these felt very Buffy-esque. The puppet one reminded me of, like, like I just watched a Buffy one recently where they're, they're at, like, the Museum of Natural History. And Xander and some of his friends are turned into, possessed by, um, we're going to get angry fan mail because I'm going to get this animal wrong. Hyenas? I'm gonna send you. A, yeah. Oh, the the natural history hyena episode where he yeah. becomes a pack leader. Yes, it's a great, great one-off monster of the week. Um, but moving oh. into moving into there's a hole in the world. I was like, oh, okay, so now we're we're exploring the romantic dynamics of the cast or uh, the um, yeah the characters cast of characters. The and cast of characters that you have no idea about except that one of them turned into a puppet one time. <laughs> no, but I don't remember. I, I know you've told me like some of them were from Buffy, but I don't remember Buffy well enough to even remember who Wesley is. Yeah, but, w- uh, Wesley was on Buffy um, in season three. Season three. Yeah, yeah, he was like he was in like like eight or ten episodes or something. He wasn't like a huge character, but he was around for a while. He was um, kind of like a Giles replacement slash foil. He was yeah. a Giles foil. Yeah. Oh, and just real quick, I just wanted to add, because I forgot, because you mentioned The Tick, um, and Ben Edlund, the creator of The Tick, both like the comic and like the live action shows, uh, he wrote and directed Smile Time. Along oh, with shit, really? Yeah. Oh, no wonder. Joss Whedon wrote the story, but it's mostly Ben Edlund's episode. He's You're great. Learning things. Yeah. <laughs> I should watch The yeah. Tick. You should. It is delightful. Um, and only lasted right. eight episodes. Um, oh, perfect. But... So moving on to there's a hole in the world like, and when we finished when I finished that it was just like, oh this is a like season arc that has just started that you've forced me to watch one episode of. It's a dick move. That's all I'm saying. This isn't about uh, this isn't about being nice to each other. This is about uh, revisiting nostalgia goggles and like their place in history. <laughs> um, Adam, do you recall? I guess that that season. Um, 
Because I guess it was the last season, too. Is that correct? Yeah, so Angel has, like, a weird kind of arc where, like, I would say, like, the first season is a little rocky. They don't really know what they are. Season two and three, they kind of start to figure it out. Season four, it kind of goes off the rails, but in it, in, in at least I thought it was interesting at the time, revisiting that season's kind of rough. And then Joss Whedon, he, he finishes with Buffy, so he just full-on, like, takes the show back in season five. So that's, that's, I would say, my favorite season of the show. And A Hole in the World is, yeah, it's like one of, that's, anytime Joss, like, shows up to direct, it's usually, like, a sign of, like, okay, like, sit up and pay attention, this is going to be a good one. Uh, and A Hole in the World is definitely no exception. Like, that, I remember that episode, like, devastating me, because uh, Fred is, like, my favorite character on the show, um, played by Amy Acker. She's just very, she's like... She's perfect. She's great and delightful. She shows up at, like, the very she's end of She's a Midwest two. girl that loves pancakes. Yeah. she is she's, she... She's wonderful, she... and then Joss is just like, oh, we're going to kill you, but it's fine. Because, I mean, you haven't seen the rest of the show, but um, she that actress sticks around on the show playing a completely different character where basically Fred, like the lovable human, her body becomes the husk for... Um, yeah, I guess you see at the very end of the episode, like literally the last yeah. shot, she's did, like did a blue not demon assume, creature. Did not yeah, assume she's like a blue stick. like uh, demigod thing, just like learning to be human. Um, there, there's a great moment. What if where you get possessed she's... by someone else and everyone else just has to learn how to live with you? Yeah, and there's there's a great moment where she's playing video games and just says in like a like a like a, a demon voice, just what is Crash Bandicoot? And it's a. <laughs> <laughs> Now, yeah. when 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 are you introduced to Fred in the show? And was she only on Buffy? Uh, or yeah, sure. She was only on Angel. Um, or, she shows yes, up um, like mid season two. Yeah, or it's, it's like the very end where they get like sucked into like. Uh, there's this character named Lauren who's like a demon karaoke. That's host. the demon, the karaoke empath. Yeah, um, <laughs> you, I don't know gonna, if you could tell. He can tell but, people's uh, future, or he could like sense. Um, sense their aura by watching them do karaoke it's great um but you go to it's his wonderful. like you go to his home dimension and fred what? like accidentally got sucked there because she was like read some incantation in the library and so they like rescue her and make her part of the team and then she also shows up not that character but that actress also shows up on dollhouse later and um does she yeah, they all share she's in cabin in the woods or yes yeah, right yeah she's in cabin in the woods that's right no but wesley's in the avengers <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, unrecognizable yeah plays the other uh yeah i mean they they, they throw them all around uh okay. god you've given me so much better ideas on how to pitch this show to people <laughs> <laughs> like next time i try to get someone to to watch angel i'm just gonna ramble for three minutes and throw in a lot of random crap that happens in the show <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that I got through three episodes and you never mentioned the words karaoke. Uh, and karaoke demon? Because um, <laughs> I forgot, because so much stuff happens in the show. Yeah, I mean, this and, is the, this the, the era where you do like 22, 24, ep- yeah, every season's 22 episodes. Even like not that long of a show, it's still over 100 episodes. Yeah. You get like yeah. three individual arcs through a season. It's a lot to go through. Yeah. That is pretty it's not, wild. It's not all going to be great. Um, a Hole in the World is probably my favorite episode of Angel, and when I look up Best of Lip, uh, Best of Lips, Lips. Best of Lips? <laughs> best of Whoa. Lips. Yeah, when I go to bestoflips.com slash Angel. Is it Gary Shandling? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's Gary Shandling's review of Angel. Uh, no, it's not on any of those lists, and I can't really figure out why it, 
why it speaks to me. So it's the only one that gets me close to tears. Like, yeah. Have you heard my brother's song about that episode? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, okay, I don't... So my brother is a musician, or at least he was. I don't know how much he does music anymore. Um, but he released... He wrote a song called Hole in the World. Um, just uh, as like kind of a eulogy for Fred, who dies in that episode. Um, and it's like his most successful song, actually, because they got played on that podcast, um, Something Night Bell. What was that show called? Uh, Welcome to Night Bell, yeah. Can we play it here too? Sure, I definitely I mean, ask him. Yeah, we'll my brother's unemployed because that. of the coronavirus. So if anyone hears I, this and wants to give money on Bandcamp, I'm sure he'd appreciate it. Yeah, yeah go ahead and shout out his name just in case we do play it. Yeah, and, it's uh, uh, Seth Boyer is his name. You can find all this stuff on Bandcamp and maybe SoundCloud. I'm not sure. So <laughs> you, you said this. You said it brings you to tears. Let's 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 get into that. So, I mean, the more emotional episodes around this time are always about someone dying. There's an episode of Buffy called The Body, which is the one that has no score, but it's just Buffy comes back and uh, finds her mom dead. By the way, if we didn't say it right at the beginning, I know we didn't, and we should. Spoilers all the time for everything. Spoilers for things we're not talking about. (laughs) Spoilers for the things we're talking about. Spoilers for everything in between. I don't know another way to do this. But it's just watching the emotional fallout in, in a way that actually connects to you. I don't know, because there's no actual vampires in that episode. <laughs> there's no escapism. This episode has escapism, but it also has a lot of Fred realizing she's actually going to die. And in a show where everyone's always almost going to die, it takes a lot to get an audience member to actually accept that, oh, they're actually going to die. Yeah, and, the, and uh, not I, just come back next episode. So I, I, I kind of thought she'd come back this. next episode. <laughs> yeah, mm. you well, if you watch it again and you know that it's going to be a different, but you're also not going to get any emotion with someone you've spent one episode with who's just a little quirky. <laughs> but I think even like jumping into that episode, what's like so powerful um, about it for me is just how like grounded it is. Because like you said, like every episode is the end of the world or someone's in mortal danger. Um, but with this episode, it feels like it's all mystical, um, but the way Amy Acker plays it and the way that it's all, like written and directed, like it just feels like Fred is sick, just like really, really sick. And I feel like anyone who's gone through that with like a loved one or, or has just has that as a fear, you can totally feel that um, the realness to it and like the, the tragedy and the danger. And yeah. So certainly, I can't imagine watching this as like my first or second episode of Angel, um, but it still does get me, um, just because I love that character so much, and it's 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 a brutal uh, farewell. Joss has a reputation for making you fall in love with characters just so he can murder them and mm-hmm. make you feel that, and this is the perfect example of that. He does. There do was that was something interesting about the structure of that episode, especially coming off Smile Time, which. Um, is a lot of people actively doing things. Following that episode up with, like, you've got several characters who are out running a mission, but half that episode is two people sitting either, like, at, like, bedside, just talking slowly and spending time with each other. After, I know, I think it was at the end of Smile Time, where, again, spoiler alert, uh, they kind of get together for the first time, it seems like, I'm assuming. And, uh... I this think there like, was like a false kiss once or twice in the three seasons before, but yeah. Yeah, and so now you get to watch those characters spend time together under 
I guess the the shadowy gloom of impending death. Yeah, and it's it's just it's why people um, <laughs> I don't want to say hate Joss Whedon, but like love hate him is because you know he. If you watch these characters, they were sort of like shipping them for a while, and they just have great chemistry, and so you're just like waiting for, for the day seasons. that they you're waiting for the day that they get together, and then it's like finally they got together, and then like she just coughs and like falls down. And you're like, God damn it! <laughs> why you got to make me feel? Yeah. What if what if we finally get together and then we spend the entire day in bed, but like I'm very sick and you just have to comfort me and tell me I'm not dying. <laughs> That'll be our our grand payoff. And then in terms of my journey of going through these three episodes of Angel, I jumped from that moment uh to the beginning of Angel, the first episode, where David Boreanis as a vampire arrives in Los Angeles sunny Los Angeles, to, to combat vampires, I think, sort of, and find himself. It doesn't feel um, like it'd be the best place to be a vampire. Can we acknowledge that? Yeah, I would go... fucking bright here. To Alaska. very bright. And yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, those two episodes of, like, them working in a law firm, law firm and talking about senior partners and... Uh, there's that, that other character that I didn't even mention who has a fight with himself in the white void. Uh, oh, gun. Yeah, every, everyone's kind of, you know, part of the, that last episode, again, is just people dealing with grief in different ways, which is really cool and powerful. And then we're in L.A. kind of watching what to me felt like a um, quantum leap kind of structure of this capable vampire person being kind of lost in LA and a random nerdy friend or not friend, not, not stranger though. I didn't remember who this person was, but shows up with a piece of paper and says, yo, we got to go solve this problem so we can get back to normal. This voice keeps talking in my head. He's like, I don't want to do this weird kind of noir, like go hit on a random waitress to save her. Sort of. It was a really uh, going from like, you know, a cast of characters to kind of offbeat Quantum Leap was an interesting jump. <laughs> yeah, there, it's it's a very different show. Like, I, I love the pilot. The pilot is very much like a noir riff, like noir with monsters in L.A. But yeah, there's not too much of an ensemble. It's kind of just three characters for pretty much all of like the first season, and they slowly build up more of an ensemble as the show goes on. But like season five kind of full-on repilots, like, they're not at that law firm for most of the show. They sort of reset how everything works um, at the beginning of season five. So <laughs> jumping back, is, it's a very, yeah, it's much more episodic, much more mission of the week. Which with- was fun to see, like, knowing, going from season five to season one, where the episode does structure around the law firm and the creepy guy who runs it, who's like picking off random girls in LA like schnazzy parties to wine dine and then drink their blood. And, and Cordelia's back who I, I know, uh, Sage, you'd mentioned before that you're not a huge fan of, but I, I thought she was, a I don't, I don't like Cordelia. Uh, and angel, uh, one of the best things it ever did is it took the, what I consider to be the three worst characters from that period of Buffy and make me care about them. <laughs> Angel, Cordelia, and Wesley. Yeah. Angel is a lot more fun in just those three episodes that I watched. 
even when yeah. he's grieving at, while losing Fred. Well, he's not in a boy band in Angel. <laughs> Wait, he's in a he's in a boy no, band. not oh. literally. Just he always looks like he just come out, came off of a boy band shoot. Yeah, I do basically remember him as like an elite commando fighting uh, creatures of the dark on Buffy, but also being afraid to be happy. <laughs> and I think that also just plays better like when he's older <laughs> and he's been through more stuff because in Buffy he still reads his like very early 20s and it's always very hard to instill that like no this character is hundreds of years old and has murdered thousands of people he's literally the worst vampire of all time he's evil incarnate um, and but he's just like this brooding 20 year old it works a lot better when he's like 26 yeah i think i think if you were going to pick like um i don't know see i, I didn't realize you were when you a, a few weeks ago you asked me and by a few weeks ago i mean like three days ago time is irrelevant uh in the it's spirit of our time lives. in the um, but you asked me um for like your three favorite uh angel episodes and if I would have known the context, I think I could have given you a different list because I think. Where's the um, fun in that? Would you say a better list? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's like if you're going to pick like episodes to show someone, because yeah, the first season is a little rocky, so I wouldn't necessarily just be like dive straight in. I think you can power through. I think there's a lot of good stuff in season one, but if you want to convince somebody to give the show a shot, um, I think one of the episodes I might pick would be, um, I think it's Solace from season four. Um, cause there's a whole thing where like what makes Angel different is that he has a soul, um, even though he is still like a full fledged vampire, but he just has control over it. And, um, it happens in season two of Buffy where like he loses his soul, but in season four, there's another episode where like they need to like interrogate like soulless Angel. I don't totally remember like the setup for it, but, um, they have to kind of like Hannibal Lecter, like put him in a cage and take his soul out. And then of course he escapes and like. Seeing that side of the character, I think, is a lot more fun than, um, like, Angel with a Conscience. I mean, it, it makes for, like, longer stories and better television, but it's, like, really fun to see David Boreanaz, like, ham it up and play, like, a totally evil um, vampire. Um, there's also, um, there's an episode in Season 2 um, called Are You Now or Have you, Have you Ever Been? Which is all set at, like, this hotel during, like, the midst of, like, the, the 50s Red Scare. And it's it's so great. It's like so oh, unlike yes. any other episode of the show. Wait, um, so there's time travel. It, it's like a memory Flashbacks. of like Angel like living in like fifties um, Los Angeles. Uh, as Angelus, right? Or I think or, it was just no, no, he already Angel. has a soul back. Yeah, yeah, because he's had a soul since um, I don't I don't remember how long. Like a hundred years or something. Yeah, um, but, what, but what's great about the show is really brooding. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I really honed up my... Bro- <laughs> he's got a line in, like, either Buffy or Angel where he's like, yeah, I spent a lot of time honing my brooding skills. Um, but, yeah, what's great about the show is, like, it can really be anything. Um, and I would say that for Buffy, too, and it's what's so exciting about Joss's work is that even when he is doing kind of more traditional episode- episodic Monster of the Week stuff, he'll just like to just completely throw out the rule book and be like, we're going to be a completely different show. We're going to be a musical this week. We're going to be a silent film this week, you know. Uh, we're going to be a period piece. Um, Maybe everyone's going to be a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not all the time, but like whenever it does happen, it's a, it's a, just a lovely treat. Well, that, that sounds like a good, 
uh, unless Sage, you've got a last thought. I was going to get into. Uh, let's go. Well, ahead I and was going to say. Well, I do. I do have a very important aside. Um, aside away. So when when smile <laughs> aside of angel, <laughs> aside of angel, you haven't seen yet, Angelus. Uh, when Angel gets turned into a puppet, I was really hoping he was just going to be a puppet for the rest of the season, because <laughs> that'll happen to other characters. Uh, I wanted to ask, especially because, Gavin, this is the first episode I had you watch, um, what is your relationship with puppets? Like, how did that inform this episode? <laughs> oh, um... Have I mean... you ever had a relationship with a puppet, is what I'm asking you. <laughs> just going to leave that on the table, but, uh... <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up, uh, watching like Sesame street. Uh, I've really loved the Muppets. Um, you know, I've seen the modern movies and a lot of the classic ones. I grew up watching Muppet treasure Island, um, a Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, my sister had a lot of marionettes and continues to make puppets. Um, and I've seen, you know, I've seen a lot of, puppet fiction, I guess, in general. Well, I guess puppet reality would be different. Um, yeah, no, I, I've I've seen a lot of puppets. I think that's a great art form. How about you? Who is you? You gotta... <laughs> Someone jump at it. Sage. <laughs> uh, I think we've, we've talked about this at some point in our friendship. Like, I grew up with no puppets except for probably some Sesame Street when I was much younger. I've got almost no familiar with the Muppets except for casually watching, I think Treasure Island and a Christmas Carol and the Jason Siegel movie, which I am a pretty big fan of. There's um, so I, I actually, just to break it up for one second, if you haven't watched it, the Muppet TV show is great to go revisit bits and pieces of. You mean the older it, one? Yes. Okay. Um, the new one had its moments, but I don't think really worked. It didn't really keep me watching it, but um, okay. the old one was actually a variety show. And worked on the level of a variety show. Like, it's not like there's super talented people coming out. The music's amazing. They're doing just great covers. And, you know, it's really built around talent. It's not meant for kids, it's meant to be impressive. Ooh, is that on Disney Plus? I don't know. I remember buying uh, back at Tower Tower Records, I did buy the, the season DVD set of The Muppets. And on the way home, um, I left my backpack on a bus and I do not own that, uh, collection anymore. That is, that is too bad. I've, I think I finally have enough time to just sit down and watch the Muppets. <laughs> Adam, have you, have you watched any of the Muppets? Uh, I love the Muppets. I've not seen the show ever, uh, either show. I just grew up on like more of like the Brian Hansen movies. Mm-hmm. Um, although I also love like the original Muppet movie. He's the, I, the I don't like Muppets from oh, okay. Time. I mean, it's a cheesy, saccharid, uh, trashy movie, yeah. but like I grew up as a kid, it's great and colorful and beautiful. Yeah. I, uh, I did like I did like the Great Muppet uh, Caper. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's a lot of fun. I just like to say Muppets Take Manhattan. I've never seen it, but it's just a fun title to say. Yeah, I do like. Um, I liked it better when Jason took Manhattan. Yeah, I was gonna try to like make some comment about that because I did just watch that movie and it's oh real my god. Bad. Yeah, no, it's not. It's no Jason X. Yeah, last Halloween I bought like a a used copy of like all of the Friday the Thirteenth movies because I hadn't seen any of them for like five dollars, um, and they're all terrible. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> but I forced myself to watch all of them. I have not seen the the remake from like two thousand nine, but other than that, I, I just that powered include, through all of them. Did that include Freddy versus Jason though? 
Well, I had already, I had already seen that because I do like the Nightmare movies, which maybe yeah. that could be an episode of this show. Um, Actually, yes, I've never seen any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. But Freddy vs. Jason is like a crime. <laughs> like, oh, I disagree. It's delightful. I uh, think it's I, wonderful. Do I you think it's one of the few Freddy movies I've given nose? half a star on Letterboxd. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, um, what about Dark Crystal? Have you seen that, Adam? Uh, no, it always creeped me out as a kid. Although I've heard the new Netflix show is good. I don't. I mean, I've only seen part of the new Netflix show, and some of the character designs are just too creepy and weird for me. I don't understand why those vultures have snot coming out of their nose at all time. <laughs> they're they're called Skeksis, and and yes, it remains very disturbing. I watched that as a kid too. Um, and I, I, I didn't really grow up with Labyrinth, although I grew up with the books by, um, the artist who drew all those goblins. Okay. So like I had visual representations of goblins everywhere, uh, growing up. Um, but yeah, Dark Crystal's terrifying. Uh, and it's, it's like high fantasy. It's not like, it's more world building than, than character. I would argue. Okay. So uh, not a high recommendation, but beautiful puppets, beautiful world design. Um, And same goes for the Netflix show. I was stunned by how intricate and incredible looking the Netflix show was, but it wasn't enough to make me care. (laughs) Yeah. The Henson Company, though, like father and son led, both did amazing, beautiful, beautiful work. Uh, yeah, no, I would say most of my, my uh, puppet familiarity, cumulatively, is probably just from all the times I've watched Smile Time. <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, this is this is, this is is puppets for me. <laughs> well, so, okay, let's, let's move into this then. So, uh, did this live up for you? Um, I guess, let's uh, introduce our rating system real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. The show's called Is This Still Good? So one of the options on the table is It's Still Good. Uh, you might even recommend it. Um, sometimes these things are better as memories. They're better left, you know, uh, seen at a distance um, through those nostalgic goggles, put them right back on. Watch and it what, if it, what if it really doesn't work, Gavin? And then we just never speak of it again. All right, so the options our, are... Our third, our third class. Are still good, better as a memory, never speak of this again. Yeah. Um, so Sage, you, you, this was your choice. So let's have you you start. I'm sure it's not a surprise to anyone. I love this show. This was this was this got me through times in college. Honestly, um, I think it still holds up. I went and I watched three or four more episodes when we we're when we were doing our rewatch for this. Um, I've seen it at least twice. I will probably watch it again during all this quarantine now that we've started it. Um, I don't have many bad things to say about it. It's witty, it hits enough emotion uh, on certain episodes, and it's just light and fun the rest of the time without being stupid. And really, that's all I want in this type of show. Well said. All right, that Adam, is my letterbox review of Angel. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say it's still good. I mean, I not really knowing what this podcast was, I didn't do any work. I probably could have rewatched some episodes. No. Uh, even when the show was on, it definitely has its flaws it's like Buffy in that sometimes it's budget really shows um and there are gonna be elements of it that are dated um although I watched it yeah probably like 10 years after the fact like I probably watched it in like 2009 2010 when it had already been off the air for like six years 
um, and I still enjoyed it then. And the last few times I've revisited, revisited it, I've enjoyed it. Um, I can't say it's going to be everyone's cup of tea, um, just because it is, I think, much sillier than people expect. Like, I mean, I haven't seen like The Witcher or something, or like, but like if you're used to like Game of Thrones production values, Angel's going to look real silly. Um, but I still think the writing is there and the performances are there. Um, even if David Boreanaz maybe is not the best actor in the world, um, the side characters are all so much fun. Um, and I think when it's great, it's really great. Um, even though, yeah, there's there's plenty of clunkers. So I would give it a still good with with reservations, with like an asterisk. Because um, this is a show, I wouldn't say better as memory, because this is a show that I probably will revisit from time to time. Um, in situations like this where, you know, you're just uh, stuck with nothing to do or just as like comfort food or if you want to get someone else into the show. So I'm definitely not done with Angel. Well, I wish That's you wouldn't what... speak ill of David Boreanaz so we don't lose our entire housewife, episode, uh, housewife audience <laughs> yeah. who oh, love can I, Bones. Can I tell um, a My little um, story out of school about David Boreanaz? Yes, yes. Uh, okay, please. So, I worked with this like one PA who told me I think he was like a base camp PA on Bones. Actually, cut that out because I don't want to identify. <laughs> Just someone who worked on an unnamed uh, David Boreanaz show uh, in close proximity, and apparently David Boreanaz had a bit of a temper and would like trash his um, uh, trailer from time to time and was really mean, and people did not really like him. But when he was directing an episode of said show he was working on, um, that will be unnamed. Uh, Untitled David Boreanaz CBS project. <laughs> yeah, um, where he works at the Deschanel. Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently suddenly when he was a director, he was the nicest guy in the world. But when he was oh. the number one on the call sheet actor, he was a nightmare. But I try not to bring that to the show. <laughs> That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, Gavin, these are your fresh eyes. So maybe your judgment's the most important <laughs> Well, one thing Adam brought up that uh, we didn't talk about that much was this was really 90s, even though it was made in the 2000s. So I guess it was 2000s. But like that was actually kind of very pleasant to see, too, was like, you know, that very slick, very heightened, like not very natural looking way that all those 90s uh, was it WB or UPN 44. Uh, uh, one or the other. Yeah. CW wasn't around yet. Yeah. yeah, it was WB, I think, because it was on the same network as Smallville. I just saw, so whatever Smallville was on. Smallville was on UPN. No, it was I on think w I remember it was, watching. It turned into CW, like in season six. So that was WB twenty then, because that became CW twenty. Um, but yeah, I I I think that first of all, the way Adam said still good doesn't need to remain as a memory was a really cool way of clarifying that. Um, and I, I would agree. I'll give it a, a still good. Like I've only seen three episodes, but I had a good time. It's not something I'm going to recommend people go out of their way to watch necessarily. But um, I was pleasantly surprised coming from Buffy that this was absolutely enjoyable. Uh, very much shares the universe and seems like a very um, it. Even though it does bring about emotions and stuff like you guys had said, it is a a lighter show to even kind of guide you into those moments and explore it in a really fun way. Uh, the cast seemed really fun. It doesn't seem to take itself that seriously, which is something that um, 
those that creator uh, kind of does very well is like he can mm-hmm. explore really heavy things in a show that still is very light in a lot of respects. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm not going to rush out of my way to watch all five seasons of it right now, but like, I, I might put it back on. I'll, I might should, go watch Buffy first, but you yeah. should run out to Blockbuster before they run <laughs> out all their copies. Buy up all those DVD collections before you know those things are going to be worth their weight in gold someday. I mm-hmm. might have. I've got like one of the seasons of Angel on DVD somehow. <laughs> I think it's the. I just wanted to have the discless mild time at a hole in the world on it. Yeah. Um, that just reminded me. I remember because I think I got you into Buffy Sage. Um, yeah. And I, I remember I gave you my DVDs, and the DVD menus for season two of Buffy are so terrible that you literally missed episodes. Because I found out, like, you're, like, seasons later, and, like, they were, like, calling back to an episode, and you're, like, oh, so weird. They kept, like, like they're making jokes about, like, something that happened that we never even saw. And I'm, like, no, that was the Halloween episode. You didn't see the Halloween episode in season two? But it's, like, the menus that were just so bad, so poorly uh, coded that you couldn't even see, like, I, I wonder how many episodes you missed of that show. Because of uh, Jesus. Just because of UI error? Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a question uh, I wanted to ask everyone. So our judgments still good, unanimous, different levels of still good. I believe good, it's unanimously, sure. unanimously still good. All right. Is, so does if it this... win a trophy? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll make a trophy and send it to David Boreanaz. Uh, I'm gonna deliver it to his it's, house. It's in the Boreanaz. I'm holding club. you to that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I want to ask, what what does the show look like if it comes out today? Either, like, this show's never existed, and it comes out right now, or they reboot Angel. Uh, what is it on? Uh, who's in it? And what does it look like? I know I'm kind of springing this on everyone, <laughs> but what jumps in your head? I, I feel like, yeah, I, this is a show I think you could definitely reboot today. Um, I mean, they've been talking about rebooting uh, Buffy forever, but I feel like Buffy is so in the time, you know, uh, that's like kind of post Heather's post clueless kind of like Valley girl kind of vibe that like it wouldn't really work. I think in modern context, but angel, I think you could redo it just with like a little bit bigger budget. You know, it would probably just look like, like Riverdale or, um, like that Sabrina show on Netflix, you know? Yeah. I I was thinking it's either like a CW or a Netflix show. Would you say that angel's a little bit more immortal? I'm just going to sneak that in there. I'm going to do a little drum, drum beat back here. Okay. We'll, yeah. we'll, let, we'll let it sit. That one was for uh, me. <laughs> yeah, no, I could, I could see this being on Netflix or, or, or network. It, it feels like the show doesn't feel that dated aside from the <laughs> fashion and aesthetics. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the transitions, uh, especially in like the first season, every time they oh, like God. transition from scene to scene, they just have these like crazy like flashes. Uh, like it's very like <laughs> Tony Scott, but like a real like, Do- dollar mm-hmm. store Tony Scott <laughs> transitions, um, and it'll, they'll I always forget about them because I'll just be like invested in the scene, and then I'll be like, all right, time to leave, and then whoosh, 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 crazy flashes, and I'm like I'm like, oh god, that's right, they do that, um, <laughs> but they they stop doing that after a while. Yeah, my, the only thing that I think would change is like if you're saying that it launches without a Buffy. Um, I'm sure they'd try and tie it into a universe again, just because that's so hot right now. Uh, but it would be interesting to watch this show try and launch without the characters. Because even in the first episode, the character's like, oh, you're here from Sunnyvale. So crazy running into you. 
Um, and to not have that to lean on, I think might actually strengthen the show in a certain respect. But I know they'd try and make an Arrowverse out of it or something like that as well. Right. So assuming that this is on the CW, I'm just going to assume that. This isn't my wish list for what would be. It's like, it's probably on the CW and it probably just stars Grant Gustin again. Is this a part of the Arrowverse or the Archieverse? I think Archieverse would mm-hmm. ease, yeah. more, much more easily be absorbed. Um, what would your, if you, I mean, you said you have like a preferred way. You you waiting for that HBO angel? I'm waiting for my David Lindelof angel HBO miniseries, yes. How does that change it? I'm, I don't I'm know. Like, I'm genuinely curious because I, I, I can't mesh those together in my head. Um, <laughs> well, so I kind I, of, at this point, I just trust Lindelof to come up with a new idea for something that seems impossible. Because <laughs> uh, he did that. <laughs> I just remembered because I got Lindelof and Drew Goddard confused, but Drew Goddard um, wrote on this show in the last season, and there's he wrote a submarine mm. episode. There's an episode where Angel's on a submarine written by Drew there Goddard, is. the creator of, of Daredevil and Cabin in the Woods. And um, uh, um, why am I drawing a blank on that movie? He just did that I love so much. Bad Times at Bad Times uh, at Del Rio. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd give the show... Yeah, if anyone was going to do it besides Joss, I would say let Drew, Drew Goddard redo Angel. I think that would yes. be fun. I would say so, because season five is my favorite, and that's where Drew Goddard came on board. Apparently, fun facts, leftover fun facts about this show, um, every show that was on at the time fought over Drew Goddard. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the the runner of uh, Angel and uh, Buffy, and I think Serenity at the same time, were all just fighting over this new talent and who gets to write on the show. (laughs) Adam, do you have any last... uh... Last thing, you, you seem to have a lot more insider information on this show than, than uh, Sage or I. Um, I mean, I think it's more because um, I got really into um, the idea of like writing and writing for TV, I think because of Buffy and Angel. It was like really like one of the first times where I started noticing who wrote the episodes. Um, so like most shows, I probably couldn't tell you who's on like the writing staff, um, but like I could still name like 10 of the Buffy Angel writers, like, off the top of my head. Um, So I think because of that, like, I have a real, like, fondness for it that is probably a little illogical. Um, That's where I guess maybe the nostalgia goggles come on, because it's not so much, like, my childhood, but I remember it was, like, this is how I got into the idea of writing for television, and, like, that television can be an art form, which obviously there's great television before Angel. um, Um... but this but is just sort of like my, I, I my, my awakening of like that world and that side of things. I think just because Joss had such a specific voice that I could notice yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to, to say about Angel, really. I would say if you're listening and you haven't seen the show, I am sorry. We spoiled a lot of it. <laughs> well, I've got two, two follow-up questions based on what you just said, though. Um, one, do you have a spec script for it? You know, I... <laughs> You I, definitely I, I, wrote a spec script for one of these shows. No, no, I, I mean, I've been told that you're not supposed to write spec scripts for shows that aren't on the air anymore, but that would be <laughs> kind of fun, because I, I probably could write a spec angel if I really wanted to. The question is, like, where do I slip it in? Do I, like, say it's, like, season two era, season five era? Because, I mean, there, there's also one thing to add, is that there are comic books that keep the show going after the show mm-hmm. ended, so... If you oh, like yeah. the show and you're like, oh, what happens next? There are comic books. Um, they are they are great. uninhibited by budget, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they get they get to some weird places. And, and um, 
also to follow up on that, I guess, because um, we're, we're not really sure if we were doing recommendations after this or not. But you, I think we having... need to do recommendations during quarantine time. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> fair. Okay. Um, but just to bring it back to what Adam said earlier is uh, as you've been tracking these people who were writing on this show, um, if you want to shout out a few of them, maybe, and if you can recommend something that one of them worked on, that would be kind of cool. Um, we already mentioned, um, Drew Goddard, um, um, yeah, Ben Enlund is also, um, was a big writer on the show, I think towards the end. And he, um, he was also behind the new tick, um, reboot on Amazon that is canceled now. Um, I'm trying to think who else was on the oh, show. It was a lot of like, for work. it was a lot of the people from, um, from Buffy. Um, I know Sage is a big fan of Stephen DeKnight, who... <laughs> Um, was like sure, later yeah. producer on Smallville and the Daredevil thing, and he also uh, directed Pacific Rim Uprising, which I am not <laughs> recommending. I'm not recommending a lot of the bigger stuff he said. I'm just I love the episodes he wrote of Smallville. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm surprised Sean, you remember Sean that. Ryan, uh, Sean Ryan uh, wrote for the show, and he went on to like create the Shield, which I've never seen, but people say is amazing. Jane Espenson wrote a he couple of Terriers, She's right? Great. Sean Ryan. I think so. Yeah. Either Actually, way, I recommending love Terriers. Yeah. Terriers is amazing. Yeah, you know, and then, all these people. Doesn't Jane Espenson start on? No, Jane Gold. Jane Espenson. Yeah, she wrote a couple episodes. She was more mm-hmm. on Buffy, um, and she's she wanted to do like Torchwood and a bunch of other stuff. Um, uh, I think David Greenwald, who was the show's creator, uh, co-creator. I think he went on to like do Grimm, which I've never seen. I mean, basically, yeah, that like tracks. anyone who worked on like Buffy and Angel, for the most part, they all like went on to have like very successful careers outside of there. Um, yeah, too too many to name even. And uh, often doing similar thematic territory, but yeah, like David yeah. Fury wrote a bunch of episodes. He also went on to like work on like The Tick and like Twenty Four and Lost. Um... Yeah. All right, l- l- let's let's bring it back yeah. to this <laughs> one from each so, of us. Sorry, if, if you you opened me up to just open up IMDb and like click on every writer's name. <laughs> Sage and I used to do this when we were younger, where I would just like sit in his like living room and we'd like be on IMDb and we would just like click and it would like <laughs> take us on these like um, these waves of just like this name leads to n- this name and then we'll just talk about this actor we like and then like oh we should look up that actor and then see everything they've done. And we were then very suddenly, popular. We, we'd realize, oh, three hours passed. <laughs> we said wow. nothing but look at IMDb. <laughs> we were cool kids. And that's what it's like to grow up in Alaska at the advent of the internet. <laughs> yeah. We just got the internet in Alaska. It's uh... So I'm just going to give my one recommendation to be Bad Times at El Royale, because that's the thing that everyone said that I like the most. Sounds good. Um I'm going to throw out two just because they both have already been brought up. So I feel like not, not they each kind of us half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Terriers is incredible. Uh, I had no idea that that was connected to, to angel, but like Terriers is one of the coolest and sadly short lived uh, shows I've ever seen. It's great. It only lasted an episode or a season. Delightful. Um, Also the live action tick only lasted eight episodes. It's not incredible. But, like, it is such a good time, and uh, I really wish it had kept going. I'm not a huge fan of the, the Amazon one, but, like, that weird daytime television one uh, was just very, very delightful, and I highly recommend both of those. So, Terriers and The Tick. Well, let's earmark The Tick, because I have a hunch we're going to end up doing an episode about that. Totally okay with that, too. All right. 
Is that that's all our recommendations? All right. Well, just like Angel, I'm afraid this podcast must end too soon. Oh. Before it's time, canceled by surprise because the producer didn't like jo- the way Joss Whedon talked to him. <laughs> is that wait? Is that the story? It's. I need to like look this up before I say it as some sort of canon. But basically, it didn't get canceled because of low ratings. It got canceled because someone went into the office and been like, "Hey, is this show getting renewed? If it's not, like people need to go do other things." And the the exec at the time just kind of canceled the show. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, TV's a fickle industry. Five seasons, one of the biggest cliffhangers of television. <laughs> I mean, it does, the the finale does service as its own episode, but Angel was about to fight a dragon. And on that note, uh, (laughs) I've been Gavin. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I continue to be Sage. Uh, I once was Adam. I don't know (laughs) what I'll be in the future. We don't know what any of us will be in the future. Alright, yeah, stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. This has been Quarantine Radio, signing off. Spinning monsters through the night We both know we should rather be At home with them both A necromorphs and dark and light Understanding comes from more than just one more There's a hole in the world Seems we've all known There's a hole in the world Now you've gone Left me all Yeah.